Welcome back to the Unanimous Decision Podcast. I am your host, Palm. Follow me on Twitter at dpalm66. Follow me on uh, Instagram, also dpalm66. I'm all over the place. You found us. Don't you dare lose us. Subscribe on iTunes. Subscribe on Spotify. Subscribe everywhere you get your podcasts for absolutely free 99. It's been a while, but we're back. Uh, long story short, real life is taking a lot of left turns. And when I started this podcast years ago, or even podcasting in general, it was an escape from writing about sports because I felt that writing gotten super lonely in podcasting. You know, you can do that with your friends whenever you get the chance. When you get old, the chances become fewer and further between, particularly when you're trying to navigate schedules and people got kids and families and things to take care of. It's tough to get that time with your friends. So we're doing kind of a soft relaunch of UD Pod. It may change the name. It may change the logo. You may see some UD Pod 2.0. Shout out to uh, Michael Hickenbottom. Um, but <laughs> what's going to be happening is you're going to get more of the same. You're gonna, I've got a better schedule now. It's going to work for my life. We're going to see a lot more Susan on the podcast because I found out you guys like her more than me, which whatever. But also, it's fun for me to kind of take the conversation experiences that we're sharing in our house, especially as I don't know if I've said this on any other podcast on the network. we got a kid on the way. So we're having a baby boy at the end of the summer. Um, he's here for August is the date on the paper, but he's a Palmer. So like he impatient. So we'll see, but I'm um, very excited. Couldn't be happier. And if I'm going to kick off this new adventure, I got to kick it off with one of the homies who, damn it. I got to say nice things about you. <laughs> All right, bet. He's someone who I've watched and admired in that he's, we'll talk about the goal. We'll talk about the expansion. But it's the stability at the core. It's the fact that you're Cam. And, like, you're still you. I'd say you've turned down the field to, to everyone's – maybe not – and people say, oh, he's changed. I'm like, he just, he's got older. Like, the, the field diminishes as you age. Like, that's just yes. – I'm sorry. I hate to break it to you, young man. You go and get less filthy as you go. It just happens. Yeah. And so um, – but we got Cameron Hawkins from The Ringer, from – Every damn where, like from Wale Mania, from the background of famous people's photos. Like, yes. I'm excited to have you on. Welcome back, Cam. It's great to be here, man. It's great to be here. Um, as you know, this isn't going to turn into handshake <laughs> after handshake, but like I have always said, whenever anybody's asked me, like who's, when they recommend any like comic podcast, I'm like, Deep Palm's the best comic book podcaster in the world. And I stand by that. So, no, nah, this is always great, man. Like, I'm, I'm, I get to be, friends with people i'm fans of so this is dope man. i love this this is amazing um for those who every podcast is someone's first podcast y'all may not know cam's been on with us for years we talked we've done the night before wrestlemania we've done podcasts and then before SummerSlam, we should do we have uh, f- too many of us on here trying to make predictions going to these things you'd have me getting mad at franco because franco's such a goldberg mark and it, it, he was working me i'm getting heated over some work stuff and it was so funny but now, like I mentioned, Cameron's got the accolades. He's working with the ringer. Um, the thing I didn't know in doing this with you for so long, talking about wrestling, is how nice you are with the pen. And you really have gotten to let that part of your game flourish. Do you feel like it's just a bigger audience has made you step up your game, like you're filling a larger space? Or do you feel like maybe people didn't appreciate what you're doing on a smaller scale? I think... I could always kind of do this, but I okay. do have a different type of access now. Like, right on. I, I, the reason that this like worked is twofold. Like, number one, it was my man Ricky Starks. Like, I, I will always say like, that's being able to to write about somebody you've literally been hanging out with every few weeks for a year is like. That's not tough. You know what I mean? Like these are conversations that we were having and stories we were telling each other. So it was just like laying that down. That wasn't tough. But then um, as as time went on, like after the Ricky Starks thing, of course, people who didn't know me, any people who knew me were like, "Okay, Cam, oh, I didn't know you could do that. But what it really was, um, I ever since I was with the torch, I've always had a real inferiority complex. Mm -hmm. And so like. Travis Bryant was the East Coast cast guy, and Bruce Mitchell was the fantastic writer, and Sean Radikin was who dug deep into the indies, and Wade Keller is who's been doing this since a kid. So I was always like, what am I supposed to be doing? 
you know. And then Rich Fan, smartest man in the entire world, encyclopedia <laughs> of everything. So I'm like, well, what am I supposed to be doing? So it was always like, I'm gonna learn. I taught myself Photoshop to do the merch. You know what I mean? Like I taught myself like these vi video editing software so that we could do like videos. And I was always looking for the thing. And so when it came to writing, I was like, well, everybody knows that me and Rick are friends. So I got to talk to somebody they don't expect me to talk to. And I got to really dig deep. And so um, shout out to Dax Harwood, man. Like a lot of these people, you know, here's a 20 minute window to talk. Me and Dax talked for an hour, man. We just kicked it. And it was really right. like, you know, you, you're you from that area. But as we got to talking, I think that the, the thing people didn't know about me was when I talk to you, I'm looking for things you're not telling other people. And not to pry, not to dig, but I want to have a different conversation with you. So the next time I see you, it's love. You know what I mean? Like, so we're right. connected at that level. So with him, you know, we get to talking. And, you know, if you don't know Dax, you might think Dax is 46 years old. No, Dax is a kid who is, I think we graduated high school the same year. Um, we both graduated college into a recession and had no idea what we wanted to do with our lives. And so you get that and it's like, okay, I know exactly what we're talking about now. So right. I think because I used to talk so much, Palm, people mistook that for me not being a good listener. And I think that's what really, what, what surprises them. I think that's it. Yeah. And I think you touched on something. One of the things that really impressed me is after the Rick piece, I was like, oh, can't touch the pin. But it's like that debut album. You spent your whole life writing the debut album. Like that mm -hmm. follow-up, like we got to ask some questions. And you came with AT Aliens. Like it's, it's wild to me to see not just your obvious writing talent, but the ability you, you have to connect with the talent that you're interviewing or that you're featuring in a way beyond, like you said, the questions they've been asked before. When you're getting to ask them the whys of what they've done. And I think that's really interesting. I We are both men of a certain age. And uh, I've had friends and myself, honestly, had these conversations in recent years like, they have to be able to answer their kids when they tell their kids, you can be anything you want to be in the world. And the kid looks back at you and says, why are you that? Yeah. And you've got to have an answer. And I think that particularly for our generation, like you said, graduate, I think you're 07, right? Uh, I'm college is 08. I graduated 08. Okay. So, yeah. I, so I'm college 07. So we're the same type of boat as far as that shared experience. And for so many of us, it became less what do you want to do is what you got to do. What do you have to yeah. do? What is, yeah. What are the steps you have to take to make sure you're in a place? And I was fortunate enough that the things I had to do were pretty cool. I had yeah. to be a sports agent for a couple years. Like, that's pretty cool. Yeah. But it was also like it, I, that had to come to a stop because I, I got to a place where it came to what do you need to do? And I think yeah. that's what's really resonates through your writing is I think your subjects find that your discovery of that place and their discovery of that place almost works in parallel. You've never taken a bump, but you've been in a locker room proverbially saying, where do I fit on the show? Mm -hmm. And so I think that's really powerful. Another thing that the reason this all sparked, I'm not outing anyone. I got a message at some point. I, I big up one of your pieces on Twitter. And someone's like, yo, you've worked with him for years. Like, are you a little bit jealous? And no. Yeah. I'm proud and I'm happy. And it's something you and I have talked about like in passing over the years because we're actual friends and it's the ability to say, Yo, I'm going to take my ego out of it. And I think that was part yeah. of your really awakening at the torch was if you take the ego out and say, Yo, I don't need, I, I need to fit into being Cameron. I don't yeah. need to be fit in these boxes I put up because you don't even know what's so wild about our human consciousness is it's so hacks to make our experience the only one that truly matters in our head. But if you mm -hmm. sit down, Rich has got the same thing going. They look at it yeah. like everyone's got that same feeling. You you don't you're not afforded the ability to see yourself the way others see you. Yeah. yeah. And when you killed that, I've had I've every step of the way I've watched people talk about you and interacting with you and how gracious you are and how you want more people in the room. And I can't help but cheer that on because that's how I legitimately feel. I feel about way about when I talk about business, when I talk about anything, that's how there's enough to go around. And so how did you get to that place of 
killing the ego and that empathy for other people grow. Yeah, I think, um, you know, my my very best friend in the world, my late best friend, rest in peace to my man, Peanut. I, I think the fact that I wanted to do more creative things um, with the South Congress podcast. And, you know, it, it was a thing where kind of the, the stuff I wanted to talk about, the things I wanted to do was not the same fit as myself and Travis with the East Coast cast. So my best friend, you know, he's, he's a football coach. And he's like, if this is what you want to do, I will do it with you every step of the way. Whatever you want to do. I need to record something. Cool. We need to go half on some equipment. Cool. Just whatever I needed. And it was like, it took me a long time to realize that he's not doing it because he has aspirations of being a world famous podcaster. He's doing it because he wants his best friend to succeed. You know, like that, that is specifically why he's doing this. And so to have somebody like that next to me, it, it made it easy, man. It was like, I, with wrestling specifically, you get a lot of both stories that they're telling on TV and stories behind the scenes of older guys not wanting the younger guys to come up or I'm afraid of losing my spot or, you know, this and that. I've, I've never, I've never feared that. Like I've never, it was never even in my mind that somebody would like replace me at on the East coast cast. And what I mean is, I always approach it, like I said, like I need to be doing more so that I belong, not because I thought somebody was on my heels, but because I want to contribute to this thing. I want to be a part of this machine. Like I get to be Cameron every day outside of this with all my other interactions. I don't need this to be about me. I need this to work so I can say I'm making it work. Like that's always what it was. So, you know, like, um, a lot of these kids are really, really talented. I say kids, you know, kid, everybody who's a kid is like 35 and younger now. A lot of these that's, kids are so talented. The, I couldn't agree more. I'm 100% yeah. with that. It, it's um, every step of the way where I got a bit more say-so and I got a bit more visibility, I tried to put that on somebody else. Like right. this kid, um, her name's edited by Laura. She's a video editor um, from Australia. And I ain't never met Laura. Laura did, uh, I made a tweet about uh, Red Velvet, the wrestler, and how she should come out to outcast fantastic Red Velvet. Or like somebody should do like a montage. And I don't even think I'd ever seen anything Laura did. But Laura was like, Seahawk gave me this great idea that I'd actually already thought about. Here it goes. And I was like, you and I are working together now and you're going to take the money I give you. Like, it's crazy because she'd be like, well, I don't really think I need, no, just tell me how much it is. I don't care about the currency rate, you're getting paid. Cause like, I want to be able to say, I left this thing better than when I found it. And you know, you and I came up and we talk about it, looking at your shirt, I'm talking about Cass. Like, why shouldn't there be like a dungeon family of creatives in wrestling? Why shouldn't that exist? Like. There, there are people who, and they got valid points. There are people who are like, there's no, there ain't no black solidarity in wrestling or wrestling media and people are out for theirs. And I'm like, that's true, but I don't gotta be, you know what I mean? Exactly. Like, I don't, I don't have to be like, we can, we can, everybody can eat. And I'd love to look around five years from now and it be me and the crew. Like, you know, like we're really doing it. And I, and this is not to, not to kill nobody, but I don't think that the people I was working with, I don't think they had the same vision and not supposed to, like you're running your business, your business has worked for a long time the way that it's worked. But I don't think that. They didn't grow up hip hop, Paul. I'm like, I don't know what else to say, right? Not think, not Hulu, but they didn't it, grow up hip hop. No, no, I understand. But I think a lot of it is like, so they were doing their thing, the mm -hmm. older guard. Mm -hmm. And 
what they didn't realize and what like I think the death of ego we talk about kind of helps you realize is I can't control how people take it or who takes it or what they do with it once it's out there. I can't control that. And by saying, yo, this is the only way to do it, you're creating a critical mass of people who you've directly inspired. You built your replacement. It's so funny that you were talking about, I don't think, I don't worry about who's coming from my spot. Everything is wrestling. It's a joke I always say, but it's also a lot of truth because wrestling is just a story of people. What's the hardest thing to do in football right now is on a business side, get enough of the union to do anything that's good enough for everyone because everyone's got such disparate concerns. Same with the NBA. Oh, we should, it should, they should uh, let high school players in. Well, now you're telling an entire class of older players that you're going to go ahead and speed up their replacement. Mm-hmm. And so it's the ability and foresight. That's why I, I've been retweeting and like focusing and reading a lot about the WGA strike or, or TV, the writers go strike, mm-hmm. because a lot of them are saying like people like uh, uh, Mike Schur are saying things to the effect of, I have a health plan because the people before me sacrifice. And I've got to be willing to sacrifice right now to make sure that these, because what's happened right now is without going in other directions, they've murdered the way they pay uh, writers on streamers. Mm-hmm. And so when I see you and I see anyone in any, any walk of life say, oh, I was given this power to have a responsibility, shout out to Stan Lee. It's cool to me. It's impactful. I mean, I think that's mm-hmm. the thing. And you and I have done a bunch of reading. You and I are both readers and, and love stories. You don't read the story of the guy who says, I wish I had more money before I died. Every yeah. one of those stories is, I wish I'd invested more in people. And so for mm-hmm. me, it was like, well, why wouldn't I just do it now and not have the regret? I want yeah. an interesting regret. I want to be like, I never rode a dolphin. Like, I want something <laughs> super unique and stupid to be my regret. My regrets, I didn't love my family enough. Like, what's wrong with yeah. you? No, what's, what's crazy is um, probably out of, and again, you know, the, the, the torch was so important to me. Um, yeah. But probably the the relationship I made over there that really informs me, I think, is with Sean Radican. Um, Because, you know, Radican was like, when I was a younger man, um, you know, I'm reading, <laughs> I'm reading Raw results, I'm reading SmackDown results, maybe I'm reading TNA, and I'm reading Rumors. I'm not reading PWG and ROH and this Indy right. and that. I'm not reading. I'm skipping it. But every time I see it, I see that name. I see Sean Radican, Sean Radican, Sean Radican. So finally, I get into it. And I'm like, oh, he's like finding results from this random show in Indiana. And he made the drive out to South Carolina to go see. Blah, blah, blah. And like it, it stuck with me. And him and I started having conversations. And what really got to me was like he's probably – Again, he does the work that isn't the prettiest, but is necessary to tell the total story of wrestling. And he does not expect uh, a bunch of money or adoration. He does it because the work needs to exist and he loves doing the work. And, you know, Sean is not because he's been doing it so long and and we've had we've had this conversation. So I'm not speaking out of turn here, but. I don't know if Sean's ever going to get the opportunities that I had. I think that I understand. Another reason that I'm so willing to give it away is I know there are things about me, both personality wise, there are things about me physically. Like there's a reason, there are reasons that I'm able to get in front of these people and be received a certain way and talk a certain way and both be disarming, but comfort. Like I, I know, right? So I also work with the idea that everybody around me don't got this. Like, I don't know what Laura looks like or talks like other than she's the sweetest girl in the world. I don't know what Molly Bell looks like. Molly Bell's a fantastic writer. You know, like, like everybody is not, everybody can't walk into the boardroom. Everybody can't walk into the bar and I can kind of do both. And so there should not be a generation of creators who never get to be seen because they can't do that. Like there's tons of WWE and AEW like content creators on YouTube who I would slap the piss out of if I've ever met. <laughs> Theoretically, I don't fight. I, no yeah. But you if know what you, I mean? Hypothetically, yeah. of course. Never. Yeah. But 
what I mean is like they're a bunch of jerks and I don't know if they're jerks because they're jerks or if it's the only way they've been taught to present themselves to get attention on the thing that they do. And so I'm also like um, Suzette Priester, who's a promoter in the Carolinas, does a lot of shape for two promotes for hog, as a matter of fact. Okay. Um, I took her with me to WrestleMania both nights and to Raw and to NXT and to every party I went to. And it was just because, Suzette, you're dope. I know you're trying to come up in this. Let me bring you around these people so they see you. So the right. next time, I ain't even got to be around. They know you. You right. know what I mean? Like, it's just, this ain't going to happen twice. And, you know, we, Palm, not that we were, like, like not that we really struggled, but, yo, we were sharing one WrestleMania pass between me, Travis, and Rich. So two of us would have to go work. One of us would get to have fun, you know? And I don't I don't regret none of it because, like, I, I enjoyed doing the work because, you know, I have, like, Snapchat, which will tell me this time every year, Cam, this is where you came from. This is what you was doing. You was out there with the iPod or the iPad on a tripod recording people who didn't know you. And now I walk into... WrestleMania and like we're at we're literally in the the VIP section um there's this company called On Location who does every sports catering right. marketing high price tickets I'm in there and the the girl is who's their representative is walking me around and people keep stopping me to take pictures with me and I have to explain to her why this is happening you know what I mean like it was it was it's crazy it, it was surreal yeah. but you know we go to um this is not just me talking about how famous I am. We go yes. to, uh, well, well, let me tell you. So <laughs> you talked about Wale Mania. I think Wale Mania, again, informs so much. I kid you not. I think manifesting is like really corny and skips a bunch of steps and is not, I don't think it's a good way on its surface of telling people how to get the things they want. However, <laughs> for some reason, listen, I had no ringer affiliation. I had no Spotify affiliation. I just, I saw Wale Mania 5. And I think that was when Kofi won, because I think they skipped a bunch. I think they skipped two years. So it was when Kofi won. And I'm just looking at it. And I don't know nobody up there. But I told my little brother, I was like, yo, I'm going to be on stage at the next one. Had no idea why I said that or what I was thinking. I was just, you know, me and my brother were kids from Maryland while he's from Maryland. I'm into wrestling. I'm, I've, you know, I kind of do work sometimes. Like, yeah, I'm going to be there. And then I was there. And, like, it, it's really, again, you talk about people just bringing people along to do it. Uh, I was in New Orleans for, um, for WrestleMania. It's the day after. I'm walking up the street. Somebody's coming up the other way, and it's Kaz. I'd never met Kaz, but I was super familiar with him and his 85 jobs. And at the time, he was a writer for WWE. So right. he's just walking by. I was like, hey, man, just want to tell you I'm a big fan. He's like, all right, thanks, man. Keep passing. So uh, October of 2021, um, my man Chris from Tiger Driver, shout out to Chris, is like, hey, Cam, I'm going to do a panel at Comic-Con about the beauty of blackness in wrestling. Would you like to be on it? I said, yeah, of course. I shoot to New York. We do the panel. I'm next to Kaz. And I'm like, hey, man, I don't know if you remember me, but, you know, we met at, uh, on the street of wrestling. He's like, Cam, I, I know who you are, Cam. And we have a ball. Um, everybody on there, you know, Faye Jackson, my man Jay Rose. And then, you know, MJF shows up. And it's like, like my Maxwell. best friend. Yeah. Max shows up. And, like, me and him are just kicking it. And then people are like, wait, you just, like, know him? I'm like, yeah. And, yeah, it's... um. It's it's so tough to explain, but also simple to explain in that, you know, Palm, you for a few years more than me, but we came up in locker rooms, man, where you, if if you're good and you ain't got to be the biggest, the toughest, the strongest, but if you're good and the team likes you and the team knows you'll work for them, you're good. So, hey, you know, Sparks is like, hey, are you coming to WrestleMania in Dallas? Yeah, we'll just... Hey, holler at me when you get there. I get there. He's like, hey, so we're putting on Wally Mania. Um, can you help us with X, Y, and Z? 
I'm like, yeah, okay. I'm in there, man. I'm moving chairs. I'm checking lists. You know, Whatever I'm making sure the drinks are cold. So I'm walking by back and forth. And then Dave Shoemaker is like, do I know you? And I'm like, no, nah, man, I don't think so. I'm just you know, here helping out, whatever. I walk by again. He's like, you're Seahawk. And I was like, yeah. He was like, <laughs> he's like, I love your Twitter. It's the best wrestling Twitter. I was like, oh, okay, all right. So then, you know, I helped him with the show. Show goes well. I'm on stage. I'm, I'm, you know, uh, what dance were we doing? I, that one with the kids. We swag surfing on stage at Wale Mania with the crowd out front. And uh, so then that's, you know, April. And in August, uh, Cal calls me or DMs me and he's like, hey, so, you know, your name's been coming up in a bunch of circles. And I'm like, Oh, I hope it's good. You know me. I hope it's good. You know, <laughs> Don't assume nothing. Crazy out here. And he was like, no, yeah, it's cool. So he's like, so what's your situation at the torch? I told him, I was like, you know, I'm over there. I do work, uh, but, you know, I'm not like bound to anything. What's up? And he's like, so we was wondering if you'd like to come, you know, right for us at the ringer. And I was like, I figure it's like a one off. I was like, yeah, I'd love to do something. Um, So I hit Rick and I'm like, yo, Rick. They just asked me to do something for the ringer. Like, oh, like I need to talk to you. He's like, Cam, I'll text you in 10 minutes. Text me back in 10 minutes. And it's like another call on there. It's another number on there. He's like, Cam, this is Danny. This is our PR guy, AEW. Uh, set up the time. Let's do it. We do it. And it's good. And we're off to the races, man. It, it um, And what's also been really cool, it's not just is the writing good, right? right? It's also a level of understanding when I'm writing about these people because on all these calls, their media person is on the call. So like Danny's always on with AEW, Greg Domino is uh, VP of communications at WWE. He's always on when I'm talking to WWE. And so they're, even though they're on mute, they're soaking up the game too, right? And then they, to their credit, they both go back and read everything. Like, of course, they have to check to make sure I'm not talking crazy, but they go back and read right. it. And like what's happened in both cases is like they'll text me like, yo, Cam, this is crazy. Like, because, you know, typically, unless it's something really like special that I asked for, like with Rick. Typically, the person I'm talking to is there's a pay-per-view coming up or a show. So I'm one of the 10 outlets they talk to. But everybody else is and not everybody. So like shout out to Justin Barrasso uh, for Sports Illustrated. I hit him. I was like, yo, I think you and I are contemporaries in the way that we do this and the way that we probe. Um, but, you know, most people. I love this Mercedes piece, uh, the recent one. Yeah, he's he's cold. He's cold. And also, oh, yeah. like. I, I, you want to talk about jealousy? I oh, do not like. I do not like. Um, you know. Uh, no, no, no. I love him. It's great. And what, yeah. what's really cool about him is I actually get to look in real time at the two things that we're doing because a lot of times it's the same person at the same time. But he's great, man. He's great. He's super humble. Um, you can reach out to him and just talk. Like I, I rock with Justin. He's really cool. Right on. Um, but no, yeah, it, it's. A lot of people, one, you know, don't have English degrees. Like, that's part of what helped. They remembered that I did. Like, Shoemaker was like, hey, Cam has a degree in English. You know, so they have, they write because, or they wrote in school because they were told to. It's not something they were doing innately. And so, in the for the most part, they're thinking about the wrestling aspect of it. You know, it's not mm -hmm. their job to talk about the people, but it's kind of my job to talk about the people. You know what I mean? Like it's I'm in You're a, a writer room. who likes wrestling as opposed to a wrestling fan who writes. Yeah. But I'm in a room with authors, man. Like I said, like it's not about losing your spot, but I got to feel like I belong in there. Like Shoemaker writes books like uh, Ian writes books. You know what I mean? Like these are guys who this thing that they do are they're very good at and it's important mm -hmm. to them. But a lot of times this is them building to the, the next thing that they're doing. Like They're they're real published mm -hmm. authors doing it. So I'm like, well. I got to bring it. Like, if I'm going to stand next to these guys, I got to put something on paper. And so 
Yeah, All man. Right, we're gonna stop. We're gonna stop talking about you for a second. This is because the next thing I was gonna say was super complimentary, like to the effect of, "Please see Cam's um, coffee table book of Ringer articles coming to your Christmas list, no, 2028. No, no, wait, like wait, it's wait, coming." So like, before we this start is the talking, first, before we start talking about me, I feel so proud. This is so listen, cool. Listen, listen. You did not. The book's before out. Before we stop talking about, before you do that, let me tell you the coolest thing. Um, you know, for that little bit of time I was single, a young lady bought me a very nice birthday gift a few years ago. And it was Shea Serrano's coffee table book. Well, not coffee table book. It was hip hop and other things. And like, I can like just call Shea Serrano now and kick it. And like, we're going to go get tacos soon. And it's a coolest for, thing. Like, it's so cool. For longtime listeners of the podcast, the bell is coming back. Um, we're going to have to edit all the bells in here post. And the Seahawk name drop? No. No, oh no, no. We'll get a bucket for all the names you dropped in this podcast. Very excited for that. Um, but no, we're gonna do talk about sports for a second because yes. I got on a cam here and God knows next time I'll be able to get an hour of his time. So I want to pick your brain for a second. NFL yeah. drafts coming up. I'm a huge NFL guy. You are too. I less me now because that I mean Georgia got college unlocked. Why would I let y'all ruin my Sundays? My Saturdays are great. Yeah, does, an and if you point. and if you think you're mad at me now, just go ahead and Google Georgia's schedule. It's super unfair. Can we ain't playing nobody? We ain't playing yeah. nobody. Yeah, and oh, you'll have I a quarterback it. under the age of 36. And so who knows? Sky might be the limit. I'm not he he can't hurt me anymore. He can't hurt <laughs> me anymore. I'll see him on bringing back the old timers, yeah. but I'm done. I'm yeah, done whatever. defending or pretending. Yeah, whatever, whatever he may not have been able to do. Hey, listen, man, what he did in that Ohio State game, I, I was like, hey, my jokes are funny, but hey, only jokes because, hey, he went out there and got it because he's not. Listen, he won't throw for half a yard, C.J. Stroud does in the pros, and it don't matter. Mm-hmm. It don't matter one lick. You did what you were supposed to do, kid. It's okay. And guess what? You can go a long way standing toe-to-toe with someone in a national semifinal game, coming out with two national titles and, and being from Blackshear, Georgia. When he's not drafted, do not weep for Stetson Bennett. He's going to be fine. He's going to be just fine. Those super rules will not sell themselves. (laughs) When you kept upgrading what he was selling, and I was like, hey, man, Blackstreet ain't got it like that, man. You talk about a Rari dealership. Now it's just uh, laundering money because that's not Did I I get to a shuttle? I think I got to a space shuttle. (laughs) You got By the time – oh, I was glad you weren't doing it for the TCU game because it would have just been mean. It would have just been mean. It I'm not here to do very TCU again, but that shit was, whew, it was ugly. Ooh. I need you to do this for me because I'm not one of those people who thinks you can't draft a running back in the first round. I mm-hmm. think that Sean McVay got a lot dumber as a as a coach when Todd Gurley's leg stopped working. So mm-hmm. I think there's real power in having that back. Your boy Bijan keeps getting talked about in the first round, and my brother, I do not see it. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, so. You come from a school, and not just a school, you come from an an area and a conference that running back by committee isn't fair, but you got a bunch of guys who are good. You know, there are four or five running backs who can all go out there and running back. I think that when you look at the way that he can impact, just the way the defense is sets up Mm -hmm. i don't think there are many people who have ever been able to do that much like catching the ball out of the backfield is so important now um i don't know if i've seen anybody do it as well as he does and he's not doing it on designed pass plays like hey uh we got to try to get some points on bama at the half so go out there and run a flag i don't even know if there's a flag in our playbook goes out there catches the flag over his shoulder like he's ridiculous i think that the ability to step through a tackle isn't something that they teach you but very few people do it like him his ability to make a lateral cut and then get vertical i just to watch him carry yeah what you're talking about is why i'm excited about him when I look at usage rates and the way they're using backs now in the NFL, and mm-hmm. because it's become such a vertical passing game, because it's become such a boomer bust passing attack kind of offense, you watch this kind of skill set in the wrong hands get squandered. 
And so yeah. while I say like I I'm excited for the possibilities of Bijan, James Cook is in Buffalo and no one knows because yeah. they don't do that stuff. And I'm yeah. like, hey, you've got James Cook, and for some reason your quarterback's leading your team in rushes. And I'm just I don't want to shake somebody. So like so imagine, that's my larger concern is that the the things that you and I love about a college running back may mm-hmm. not be the things that are valued enough at the next level. I think that I would never want to see it, right? But like right. Dallas would use him perfectly. He'd be great in Dallas. That's right. You're I think right. that when I look at like you know, I got a bunch of Eagles like fan friends and I I don't know if that's necessarily the fit because like I don't think of Jalen Hurts as, you know, get the ball out to the running back guy. You know, um, in a perfect world, and not perfect for us, perfect for them, in a perfect world, uh, Kansas City would have got a top 15 pick when they got rid of Tyreek and Bijan sitting there. And they're like, yeah, I I think that he is a great complement to a finished team. I do not see him as like, remember when they said Reggie Bush was going to be a generational back and we were all like, yeah, cause he's Reggie Bush. But the concern was that, Oh, I don't know if he can run through the tackles. He was exactly what the new Orleans saints needed. They do not win the super bowl. If Reggie Bush is not able to get out into the flat and catch that ball on third down. And at that time, Reggie Bush and three other guys would have been able to get open, make that catch and get that first down. He was special. For what they dude, that was like 2010. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, that's one of the things I've caught myself the last, like, mm-hmm. month and a half saying shit. And mm-hmm. people be like, that's not how football works anymore. I'm like, you don't tell. Oh, shit, maybe it's not. Yeah, so- yeah. All my, all my references are old now. Yeah. yeah, but it's like, he, um again, you know, we, we see, like, we got we got Brian Robinson um in Washington, who was the third, fourth guy from mm-hmm. Alabama, and he's perfect what we need to do. We can't coach for shit. So we're not you like, do you understand that that man got shot in D.C. on a carjacking, survived it, came back to play? The perfect storybook ending to that would be giving him the ball at the one to win the game. Instead, we put Carson Wentz in shotgun. Bijan Robinson. Honestly, I have a list of topics in front of me and the commanders aren't on there because I don't want want to do this to you. They shouldn't be. They shouldn't be. They don't want to be great, Chase Young. Anyway, um, but no, yeah, again, I think he's the perfect complement for a team that's just about there. Okay. Um, you know, but 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 yeah, it's it's boy, is he going to be great in Madden? And he's going to be great on the field. But like you said, the usage rates kind of dictate that it needs. He'd be great in San Diego. Oh God, he'd be great in San Diego. Everyone believes in that quarterback with me. Everyone believes in him. Everyone tells me how great man. he is. He's got a Everyone win. believes in Justin Herbert with me. I'm fine with I, that. Yeah, since Oregon, I was like, yo, he's really whipping that ball out there. He can do it. He can do it. I, I think he'd be a great fit there. It's a tough division. Um, look, I, Russell Wilson would love to have him, you know, standing Russell back there in the pocket blame anyone for nine years. If I can blame a, a rookie running back, excellent. Who well, let me ask you this, though. What if, if you, outside of like Mahomes, and you can plug anybody in there, not even what system, what quarterback would you pair your do-all running back with? Like, I mean, Daniel Jones has one, and, you know, it, it, it ain't making Daniel Jones no better. It's earning him a lot of money, but... I, the answer takes us to our next thing I want to talk about. Because the answer is Lamar. And when I saw... Jalen get his money and God bless God. God bless his black woman agent. God bless Jalen Hurts and his Aretha Franklin loving ass. God bless his direct appeal to church mamas. Like I I love that Jalen Hurts exists and is shining in this way. He got so many damn weapons. <laughs> hey, look, man. <laughs> I said to someone, someone was like, well, Jalen going to get the same. Is, is Lamar going to get the same money? I go, close your eyes for a second. Put Lamar on that team. Now open your eyes. You tell me what you see. Like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I And look, I'm no Eagles fan. I lived in Philly for two years. I respect the Eagles. I don't have no problem with the Eagles. However. 
They had to pay him, and they paid him a handsome I think that this could open the door for Lamar because we've left the place of y'all shouldn't have given the rapist all that money. We've left the the somebody overpaid the rapist. And I think that when that was the cudgel, it was a big problem. But I think that as we've gotten a, a bit more realistic with, with that deal that came in Philly, we're going to get the Burrow deal. The people who are wrong here are still Baltimore. I want to make this very clear. They had an opportunity to sign him to a long-term position last year. They did not do it going into the season. People who say his playing style is going to get him hurt. Every injury he's had has come from being in the pocket. And guess who runs more? The Josh Allen, who I was making fun of earlier, who has more carries than the running backs, even though they do pay running backs for the carrying shit. Can't explain it. Not going to try to. Now, all that being said, I think this opens the door. I think this opens the the crack that says, okay, but the problem is Lamar ain't got no agent. And people say, oh, why would you have an agent? He didn't need an agent. He's got the, the reason you want an agent is because when they roll out NFL Live, when they roll out uh, Ravens today, whatever network you want to talk about, there's one side that's got connections and leaking sources and narratives they want pushed. And there's something to be said that someone who has the ability to navigate those waters to make it. When I'm hearing contradicting reports, both in the Ravens' favor, in the spring, I'm like, hey, man, get your lives together. And while Lamar coming out and saying, oh, it's not this way, it's the other way, is one thing. You're talking about people whose entire livelihoods are predicated on the access that outlives a player. That's why when you're going up against, it's always player won't take. It's never, we didn't offer enough. Yeah. <laughs> and so when you look at that framing, like if anyone's asked me why Lamar needs agent, that's why Lamar needs agent. Because the press release is coming out saying these five teams, including Atlanta's, no one asked you. No one's here to see you, Otis. Damn it. Like, I don't know why you said anything. But yeah, these teams saying we don't want him. Like, that's what you pay an agent for. And I'm not mm-hmm. speaking as and agree I I don't have my agent card is expired I am no longer an NFL agent but I did that job and part of that job is having those relationships to say hey don't leak this or hey we're going to massage this in a certain way to be on the same page because it's at the end of the day one team and like Cam you're going to get a point very soon where you're going to need an agent because the people you work with the people who you like to work with you don't want to hear the financial of what they think of you. And that was, and exactly, it's never what they think of you. It's how they've, business has to work, whatever. It's the excuses they make, but you're going to want that separation. Mm-hmm. And my question now is, with the level of disrespect that Lamar's felt in his face, is that still a place he can return to? Like, I know the OBJ signing, people think one way or the other, da, da, da. He's a 30-year-old receiver coming off of <laughs> A knee injury, like that's a viable question and point to yeah. have. However, they've never in the history of the Ravens franchise had a Pro Bowl wide receiver. So, Bolden never even made act- the Pro Bowl. Wow. Anquan made it when he left. You made it in Arizona. He never made it as a Raven. Oh man, that's crazy. <laughs> that's that's crazy. crazy. Yeah. And so I like the the leap. The leap to me says that we're gonna try to get him back, mm. but. And this is a younger generation. This is, for me, it's like, I said I ain't going back. Damn it, I ain't going back. Da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm an idiot. But he demanded the trade. He made the trade request public. There's a way to do it. There's always a way to do it. But the sooner the better, because we saw it last year when Aaron didn't work out with the receivers, things started slow. What is it going to be the draft that like kind of finally spurs some action here, do you think? I think so. Um, okay. So – I think that Ed Reed's probably the best safety I've ever seen, right? I think Ed yes. Reed is just incredible. I would argue to uh, 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 your your Sean Taylor. Rest in peace. We never Sean got Taylor. to see. We never got to yeah. see what that would have ended up with. Mm-hmm. I think that even though Ed Reed is who Ed Reed is, I think you can make the argument Lamar Jackson's the second most famous Raven ever. I think it's Ray Lewis and it's Lamar. Um, and a lot of that is about how Ed carried himself. But yeah, I, I think that, yeah, I think draft comes around. They got to do what they got to do. Like, listen, never disrespect the black quarterback, but 
Snoop not getting you to the playoffs. Like, I. I Y'all want to win? It's not the case. Y'all want to exactly. win? And that's the thing for me is that, win. like, it's not just about winning. Like, he saved these motherfuckers' jobs. Like, Harbaugh was on the way out. The the move to Lamar was not a move of, like, we're moving to the future was Joe Bur- mm-hmm. Joe Flacco won't get me fired. I better play mm-hmm. this young man because this Flacco cat is about to leave me. We can work for my, my brother's staff in Michigan. No, okay. sir. Like, it was a problem. And yeah, and it's a progression. Like, like it's it's – Oh, we made the playoffs. Oh, unanimous MVP. Oh, two years later, we do win our first playoff game. Oh, man, we got hurt. It just went up and up and up and up and up until injury. And so unless, like, they got a report from a doctor saying his leg's falling off, I don't know what they're doing. Um, But I think, yeah. That's the one. That's the one where we've got to leave that big space where maybe they know something that we legitimately, and I hate having to say it out loud, but it's true because that's what happens because the NFL is a uh, a body factory as evidenced by no further than the announcement that DeMar Hamlin's been cleared to play NFL football. Good boy. I'm going to paraphrase a uh, famous comedian who I don't think is terrible yet. You can drive a car with your feet. Don't make it a good idea. Scary hours. Scary hours. Um, can I be I, really I, honest with you? Absolutely. I'm of two. I, I'm aware that I am stealing his agency with how I feel about this. It stopped being about Demar Hamlin the second he moved through this and, and made it to the other side. It became he became a, a vehicle for everyone's belief about everything, and. <laughs> If he and his family and his physicians feel the desire to get back on that field and he wants to work towards that, all the luck in the world to him. For me and myself, buddy, oh, buddy, I'm having a son. And if I wasn't, I was already in the, I don't think I'm ever going to play football. My son may never see a helmet. I tell you what, I look, because there's no, because being cleared to football and saying you should play football, there's not a doctor in America who'll tell any of us you should play football. That's like yeah. being cleared to be in a car accident. It is, and you got to remember, Tamar Hamlin was playing because the safety ahead of him got hit too bad in week two to play the rest of the season. Yeah. Every helmet in America, look at the back right corner. What's it say? Will not prevent catastrophic brain injury. On a micro level, if he decides to try to get back out there, God bless him, good Godspeed. I want to realize one thing. There's not an NFL team in America that will employ him. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's going to – you know what? He is going to look great on, you know, whatever early, early camp they have. I just uh, – He's going to get Chris Bosh. He's going to get Chris Bosh. Yeah. We can't afford yeah. the risk – of this happening on our watch. We can't afford it by any, and, and when, they know, gar- when they guaranteed this contract last year, it's like, oh, we'll never play again. They, and that was the unfortunate part is no one, and listen, I think people are genuinely happy that he's well. I'm one of them. Of course, we don't want to see anybody like oh, suffer or die doing what they love to do, but people are not going to ask what team DeMar Hamlin plays for, and that helps the NFL immensely. Like people are not going to look to see where he is on what roster next year. They're glad he's okay. That is the story. You're going to see him on the sidelines sometimes, but it's not going to come up. And, and you know, it, it, it sounds weird to say it's a good thing he wasn't a better player. But I think if he was a better player, there would be more pressure on him to come yeah. back and perform. And, you know, if this is it, this is it. But nah, man, couldn't pay me to do it twice. Couldn't pay me. I'm so this is the only time of year I do get a little jealous of your time zone because you get these late games in the NBA. You don't wake up at one o'clock in the morning dead and confused. Like what? What do you mean, Jamal Murray had forty? What? Anthony Edwards dropped forty-one in a playoff game. Excuse me. And so we're gonna start with the NBA. And you're a man of a certain age, like I am. I'm gonna say this right now. I know you're gonna agree. Home teams should wear white. Oh yeah. This is ridiculous. Yeah. This is the oldest thing about me. But. Nike, like, as, as somebody who a few years ago, and not even a few years, you know, again, we're from the same time. We're from the we're from the throwback jersey era, the swing My man Eric jersey era. looking at me right now. Yeah, Let's okay, see. yeah. I wanted, I wanted the, the, the Atlanta Pistol Pete blue with the green stripe. I wanted that. Yeah. 
yeah. mama wasn't gonna buy it for me, but I wanted that. But like Nike is just everybody has six uniforms. Everybody has six uniforms. So in a way, this and is they our wear fault. whatever they want. When, oh yeah, we we did it. We did it. I'm I'm admitting that. Yeah, man. We wanted. <laughs> this is the future we, we built. I saw. Uh, I was at like Fanatics or Lids locker room, and I saw a. It wasn't even Carolina blue, but it was like a light blue pinstripe black Pippin jersey. I was like, this isn't a thing. <laughs> this doesn't exist. Why is this happening? But yeah. And the no, exec that, appeared out of nowhere and said, shut your mouth, Cam. Buy it, kid. And uh, that's what happened. And I got that's the matching hat with the, with the matching. <laughs> um, it's, but it's sick, man. Yeah, there, there's just so many uniforms and you know, is it an excuse to sell more merch? You know, like you said, everything's wrestling. There's a reason that Stone Cold was backstage drawing t-shirts while they were selling his t-shirts on the other side of the building. Like, you want to keep selling merch, but man, it's too much. There's too many uniforms, too many jerseys. Like They're, They announced this yeah. week that the, the in-season tournament will have separate jerseys for that. <laughs> hey, but, but answer this, though. How many times in live not 2k kids how many times in live did you put your team in their practice uniforms for an actual game because i'm ashamed good. to say they look great the live you know the live practice units are fine they look that's, great you're not no like i think said, that's, a universe, it's that's one of those like we all blew in the cartridge on nintendos like everybody did that shit it's our fault. We we begged them for this, and then when we got it, we were like, "Get off my lawn!" How I'm dare so you? I'm so mad about. I'm so mad about this future I asked for. Mm-mm-mm. It's a mess. Um, man. let's talk about some big stories in the, in the playoffs before I let you go. Hey man, y'all letting Draymond have a podcast in season has fucked the media sideways. Because I've got real live, like paid to talk on television, motherfuckers saying. Well, should he be suspended for stepping on that man's chest? And my answer is, if Sabonis had shot him, I'd have been fine with it. I don't, yo, you you step on my chest, Cam. I listen. That's the Texas in me, maybe. Maybe that's the Texas yeah. in my core. But I just shot Sabonis could have shot him for me. And it wasn't. And of course, like you know, you have your shacks talking about, well, if he didn't grab his foot, he wouldn't have stepped on it. No, that that's not how that works at all. Like you're you're. Are you correct? in that he would not have been in position to step on his chest? Yes, but what he did did not suggest chest stepping. And if it did suggest chest stepping, it's time to shoot it out. (laughs) It's absolutely, like what you're doing suggests another thing. It's crazy. And like, it was a a Randy Orton stomp, dead in the middle of his shit. It's nuts. And Draymond Green is, it's not like a, listen, if, if you're play fighting with a child and they step on your chest, it's going to hurt the way your chest is set up. That thing is there not only to protect your heart and your lungs, but to also be able to expand, to contract and retract so that air can flow through. It is not like a, a, a steel case or a safe that is not supposed to move. So when you go down on it, it goes down too into your organs. It's nuts. It would. It, it, it went. It went. He said, if you attack me, you're attacking the media. And everyone froze like, wait a second, he's right. And I can't, it is some, and guess what, guys? This is the last series he'll ever play in a Warriors jersey because they're not going to exercise, he's not going to exercise the players option and no one else will sign him. He's going to start, like, part of me is super proud of him. (laughs) Part of me is furious it worked. For starting his second job. Like while his first job is like actually going, like while he's winning championships. Do you yeah. buy new shoes when your shoes break down? No, you buy them just before. You know yeah. what? Or when if you're Cam, you buy them every 20 minutes. Oh um, my god! Oh my it's god! It's kind of your problem. I can I can see it. <laughs> uh, hey, listen, man. Ugh. Local news: the Hawks are wasting everyone's goddamn time. Um, and I want to apologize to the nation. This is nothing to do with y'all. I don't know what happened last night. Um, but I'll say this: they they have wasted. Trey Young, and um, as I've seen him named Double Chin Russell Westbrook out in Dallas, um, has proven that uh, if you build around him, it can work. And they've yeah. missed it every signing around Trey, except I think the DJ thing is going to work. I just think that if you're going to ha- build this team this way and keep, keep Clint Capella as your five, that's creating spacing issues for your alleged wings and slashers. 
Um, we're gonna Clint lose Capella is season. like Clint Capella is like the like what if what's my guy's name? Uh, Andrew Andrew Kobe Center, the crazy oh, one who wanted to transport. Not Andrew Bogut. No, 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 no. The the black. Bynum, 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 Bynum. Andrew Bynum. He's like he's like Andrew Bynum if Andrew Bynum wasn't a crazy person, but also if he wasn't like didn't have the inherent skill that Andrew Bynum has. Like it's funny you say Clint Capella. Clint Capella and Draymond Green are these very specific things where what Draymond does does not work anywhere but Golden State. What Clint Capella does works nowhere without James Harden, and they it's have figured ridiculous. that out. Like. I can catch oops, I can I can run this pick and roll, and I can block a shot. But I'm not going to play interior defense. I'm not going to shoot the ball from anywhere but with my thumb in the net. Uh, yeah, like you said, like, like and it's not knock to Clint Capella. They knew no. what they were getting. Maybe they thought it would be more, but it's not. But, but Trey is not the guy. And DeJounte, I mean, they got two score first point guards. It's been just a, like, I know you haven't watched all the Hawks this year. It's been a lot of my turn, your turn. Like a yeah, lot no, of and I, and I have, like, I'm a DeJounte guy. Like, I, I loved when we had him. Yeah. Um, I was I was actually in the building when um they broke the record. Fantastic game. One of the best basketball games I've been to. I need the bell like now. I don't know what we're going to do. It's a lot of work imposed. This but, is but um, yeah, I, I just, it looks to me like, hey, we'll get DeJounte because Trey ain't going to be here. So let's just start building this thing now. But he's... I watched him last night, and what's it like when nobody on your team likes you? When just nobody likes you, and it was a stretch where they liked him. That that playoff run, they liked his ass. They gotten they traded over to Nate Millen midseason, and he convinced him to pass more and look more. And to be honest, it looks like guys are like the assist numbers are up. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't look like they like him, but the assist numbers are up. So what yeah. did they? Um, it was a lot of turnovers, and I was yeah. just like. It, he, it seems like I, I don't even think he's a person who needs to be liked. So it's nothing like that. But it's just like when things aren't going well, they seem to really not go well. And when they're not going well and they're going well for the guy next to him, that also seems to throw him off. Well, what know. it is is psychologically like I've, I asked, I talked to my dad about this. Trey Young's been the best player on the court for his team since he was 13 years old. Yeah. And he's never, it's never been a question. The two wasn't close. And now he's in a situation where that gap's not as big or pronounced. It's what happens that, when you that, go to Oklahoma. But anyway. Oh, we're talking about, oh, basketball. That's adorable. I knew a Texas football fan would say nothing, but nobody. Anyway. What do you um, know? <laughs> the Hawks are wasting everyone's time. Uh, and I'm embarrassed for us. Last thing I want to talk about, we're like I said, we're old, which means our appreciation for LeBron James is higher than most people's. Mm-hmm. Dylan Brooks, and then we're recording this at 6.30 on Saturday night. So this could all be wrong as shit. I may cut it. But I'll say this right now. Dylan Brooks saying, I wish I could play Miami Heat LeBron. No, you don't, young man. You don't, yeah. I remember 2009 to 2013, it wasn't a, the question wasn't is he the best player of all time? It's the was anyone else close? Because defenders were bouncing off of him. Dylan Brooks, like all due respect, you were not 2012-2013 Paul George. And very few people are. Ever would and he be. was out there dogging them boys. He was out there dogging them boys. You you don't want that. There's nothing you could do with that. And, and again, and we could be like, super wrong. We're men who see ourselves in like that could have been me in LeBron James, um, but history says I'm not going to be wrong. So maybe Dylan Brooks comes out and clamps up LeBron. He got eight points. And then I don't see that happening. Mm-hmm. And the real issue is right now is if Anthony Davis decides to score. If Anthony Davis is going to score and just get boards and blocks and could be a long day at the office for the Lakers, but they're going home first home game, first home playoff game in about two years. Yeah. I think we could be. Is it the first? Did they make the play? They made the play in a couple. Of, I don't know if they had a playoff game since the. They've had one since the title. So yeah. this is this is still a big deal. Home game at Staples. Um, come back one one. I think it's gonna be big for them. I do want to let you go before I do. I'd be remiss if I didn't at least get it on wax. Hypothetically, if you had like a kick ass like 
people cheering for you type of article. And we had a mm-hmm. post-game press conference for that article. And Bill Simmons is to your left. And you go mm-hmm. on to tell Bill Simmons that his company ain't nothing, the people he's got working for him ain't to be trusted or believed in, and that he works with children while eating and chewing in your face. Do you think he'd be welcome back at the Ranger offices? Absolutely would, not. Uh, would they um, build you a satellite office on Saturdays to operate not. out of? I'm imagining walking into Spotify and putting my face in that thing where you have to identify yourself and it just flashing red and the sweet young ladies at the front desk just standing up and tasing me. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Um, You know, you know, Paul. Uh, just for myself for future edit, put a bell after Spotify, another bell. That's going to, that's one more bell. People have decided that I am the person to ask about the inner workings of wrestling companies now. That's why I was having fun with that. See, I, I'm not yeah. going to put you. I would never. Not you, you. Not you. Not you. Okay, good. But I would I never think, want that. I think what people they, they they get really like into like the micro of how things work, and I don't like that Tony does this. I don't like that Tony does that with this person. And I'm like, I need you to look at the totality of this. It's not you singling out the person. You're watching someone who was a lifelong wrestling fan all of a sudden have all of the power they could ever want in wrestling, but also wanting to maintain the relationships they have with the wrestlers. You know, um, I don't think I'm, I'm speaking out of turn. Like he's, 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 he's right now, this second, he's serving more than one master and he is trying to figure it out on the fly. And boy, CM Punk is absolutely the person who will make you have to figure out a way to go. And uh, he, I, I guess he found a way to go and we'll see how it works. Ooh. it'd be fascinating if it wasn't so hard to watch because i'm i'm watching it and again we're not gonna get i don't want to say much money i'll say this from a macro perspective it seems very transparent who's doing what and how things Mm -hmm. are being moved and to be after not speaking for certain long to be coming off injury and saying i would love to work with anyone it just Again, like you said, the micro is easy to get lost in. I would, I would invite people, particularly, I, you and I, you had again. One of the things that's been cool about me getting to know Cam is that I've wound up on PW Torch's airways more than once. I was on a podcast with Wade Keller one time, and I said they're talking. You guys are talking about the front office moves of WWE, and I said something in the way that he didn't even put me on, but it made it, it sounded like it made an impact. He said, "I said, if you see it, you're supposed to see it. That works for corporate America." That works for professional wrestling. That shit works for the church. If you yeah. see it, if it looked like a mistake and you saw it, it wasn't a mistake. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, these are television companies. Yeah. And so I think that um, with that in mind, I'm not going to press you anymore about things that are endangering <laughs> relationships that I would have you have. Shout out to Dax Harwood. Um, uh, but Cameron Hawkins, please put some plugs out there. Tell everyone they can find you, please. Yeah, man. Uh, the ringer.com. Um, just search the name Cameron Hawkins. I think we're at 11. I think, I think since August, I think we've, I think I've written nine things. I've done two podcasts. Um, a couple of things coming up. Um, talking about my WrestleMania weekend specifically, WWE and on location. Um, I just interviewed Lita and that'll be out probably the end of this week. A really cool conversation. Uh, so yeah, check me out over there, man. Uh, the coolest thing, they give me kind of free reign to talk about the things I want to talk about. So you're getting real detailed 2,000, 3,000, 4,000 word stories. This ain't favorite match, favorite opponent, <laughs> favorite, you know, entrance song. We You're going to learn about people. Um, of course, uh, the social Seahawks, C-E-E-H-A-W-K. All the blue check marks are gone. So now people are rediscovering people. And all of a sudden, I got a bunch of followers I have to explain, guys. This might not be what you want. But yeah, um, you can catch me over there. Um, South Congress podcast, still alive and well. South Congress with a K. Uh, most recently, um, you talk about agents. Certain wrestlers, believe it or not, have their own agents and managers. One of those is Brian Danielson. Ding. Um, his agent, uh, Meech Golden, really, really cool guy I've gotten to know. Um, sometimes I have to run these things. I write through management and agencies now, but it came out really well. Um, so, yeah, he actually let me, uh, between AEW and Meech Golden and Brian Danielson, um, our full hour interview, um, 
that I used to write the article on him prior to uh, AEW Revolution is on the South Congress podcast feed. Um, I think that for me, of course, I want people to hear it, but really why I put that up there, you get to understand my writing process as I talk to him because I'm not talking to him in terms of this will make for a great podcast. I'm writing in terms of I need to ask this to see where this goes to put this on wax. And so it's it's a cool little tutorial if this is the thing you want to do. People all the time, um, like you said, you're getting DMs about me. People all the time now, ever since the, the cosign, are like, how do I do this? How do I get started? I'd love to do this. What can I do? And you can only answer, get lucky and be nice to people so many times. Um, so this is a way for you to really understand at least my process to get a feel for the questions you should ask, um, and how you can apply those to your final product. So, yeah. My man, I really do appreciate you taking the time. Uh, guys, Cameron Hawkins is the evolution of media. Um, I've often said that if you look at sports or even particularly wrestling, you'll see kind of where things are going, the tribalism kind of and everything being covered now. It happened in professional wrestling about 20 years ago. It happened in college message boards about 10 years ago. So it's happening now in mainstream. So as you see these voices who are inspired by the voices of our past, find new ways to reach new audiences. The coolest thing you said just now was these features aren't favorite match. We're talking 33,000 words. We're talking filet mignon, as a certain tribal chief would tell us. Um, and I'll leave you with this, something I told you a long time ago. Good work does not get you rest. It just gets you more good work. And I'm so proud of you for putting in the work and receiving the work and doing the work and getting more of it. Keep that playful, my man, and we will talk very soon. Uh, we'll be back later this week. Um, there's going to be one or two podcasts. I haven't decided the order I'm going to drop them in, but you're going to get myself and Jason Smith talking about the NFL draft and the dogs who look to be drafted this year. And we're going to have – the first edition of this new relaunch UD pod, myself and Susan, we're going to be talking about this season of the Mandalorian since I brainwashed her into loving Star Wars during the pandemic. Uh, that was your show. There is no outro. See you guys very soon.